You are listening to Big Trouble and Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. Internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I am Joe Doves. And I'm Andy. This is our bi weekly podcast of movies. And last week we did video games. We like to do a little video games, then movies. That's our shtick. I, I don't know if I said that right, but that's what we do here. That's our staple. Andy, what the hell have you been watching? Uh, I've been working on my house a lot, so I haven't like been sitting down to seriously watch a movie. I've just been like putting something on and then maybe doing something in the next room. Or uh, there were a couple times I started watching something, uh, turned off the PlayStation Four, went and worked, came back, resumed movie stuff like that. So I just watched like some comedies I've seen before. I watched uh, uh, Happy Gilmore yesterday. Movie's still funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Powers Gold Member wasn't as funny as I remember it, but I was still entertained. Um, I watched a ton of Bob's Burgers. I didn't realize I'd fallen so far behind and had to watch a season and a half. I had to watch it. <laughs> so I did that. I watched Golden Boy, one of my favorite animals. It's only six episodes long, so they could yeah, Just stuff like that. I've been in and out, but I still managed to sneak in some movies. Uh, Austin Powers is starting to like uh, not age well in the, the comedy, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of jokes that are like really really dated like like place them there really specifically and um i think all three of the movies have like some homophobic stuff that it's just really not gonna play nowadays and stuff like that but there are still many other scenes that are really fun like i was like i said i was entertained i'm not gonna nominate for any awards but it was fun mm-hmm. it was the third one so they were kind of on and of course happy gilmore yeah fucking amazing yeah so- it's when Adam Sandler <laughs> was in his prime. Um, my movies and uh, well, one movie and two TV shows. I watched a little more Twilight Zone. Just hit up to all my favorites like uh, "To Serve the Man." Um, there's something on the wing. Something. Um, the one uh, Maple Street. Did monsters that. on Maple Street or something like that. Yep. Or when, when the monsters came to Maple Street, something like that. It's something like Mhm. And then I watch Black Mirror because I watch Twilight Zone, so I have to uh, do the modern modern version of Twilight Zone, even though there's another Twilight Zone coming yeah, there's out. There's gonna be a modern Twilight Zone. I what saw do you... one trailer for it. It looked pretty rad. Yeah, I'm actually interested about it, but uh, there's a paywall and. Oh yeah, you're right. There is. That's stupid, isn't it? It's produced by Jordan Peele, right? Yep. Is he directing anything? I believe, like, one episode. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that. But I actually saw the trailers. Like, they do have that Twilight Zone tone to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really weary about that, because if it's not Rod Serling, I don't know if you could capture that, but I'll give it yeah, a chance. They tried to bring Twilight Zone back more than once, and it's never... It's never even stood in the light cast by the greatness that is the original series. But, I mean, you know, you get some confident people involved. There's so much time, effort, and money put into television shows now. I don't think you can help but be at least decent, as long as the writing is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, just, I didn't realize it wasn't going to be on anything except CBS. And... <coughs> CBS, right? Yeah, CBS paywall. But you know what? It's the internet. You could find it somewhere. <laughs> I suppose. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Or or maybe I'll shell out the money. Maybe. It, is it, CBS part of Hulu or it's not? It's, I, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe. Uh, it's, it's still, that sucks. I don't want to pay for more streaming services. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll see if people are like saying, oh man, this is really, really good. I mean, I'm still going to peek at it no matter what. Yeah, uh, that's what it'll take. Someone will have to say. And if they're smart, they'll probably put up like, 
the first episode for free so that you'll watch it and be like, oh, this is great, and then want to watch more. So mm. maybe they'll do it. I mean, if that's good enough, yeah, sure, I'll pay for <coughs> Yeah. So I watched Black Mirror. Um... I think I've watched the first season again. See, first season's like six episodes, and if if you haven't seen it yet, I would start with season two. I mean, each episode is different, like Twilight Zone, so you don't have to follow like season one, season two. But but they're all one big universe, so like they mention other episodes within the episodes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I watched The Prince. Which had a uh, John Cusack and um, Bruce Willis, and it, there's like another guy <laughs> that I forgot his name, but those are the like two big actors that were in it. Bruce Willis plays like a, a villain. Uh, when is it from? Was that? When is it from? When did it come out? It came out. I want to say in 2015. I think. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was I a. Dr- it was a direct it was a direct to dvd i believe um, a blu-ray i'm sorry i mean same thing whatever yeah i mean direct to disc yeah um it's about uh, the main character was like a hitman or like a person that cleans up uh like a, a mob's uh, mess and all that stuff so he was a hitman and he left mississippi uh, which is, or New Orleans, I'm sorry, where Bruce Willis is like the big mobster guy. He, he's like, uh, you know, don't mess with boss. me. He, he was the boss. He, he runs that town. Uh, so quick story, like in the beginning, you see the main character and Bruce Willis and his daughter and wife. Uh, so you see the man across the street looking at a car and Bruce Willis, you know, kisses uh, his wife and kid goodbye. And the kid and wife go into the car. Car blows up. And so th- <laughs> that that bomb was supposed to be for Bruce Willis. So, of course. so that's where the tension comes in. But it, it, it's a good fit. I haven't fi- seen that in the movie before. It's in Godfather 2. Yeah. Or Sc- I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's not just a Godfather 2. I'm sure it's done. Scarface, I think, did something similar, but like they were gonna shoot him, shoot the guy. But remember the part where he's like, "I ain't gonna shoot no kids, man," and then he's he shot the kid, uh, the people in the car. I don't. Know. That's another iconic scene. But I I recommend it. It's on Netflix, by the way, if you want to check out The Prince. Perhaps. It's a it's a good quickie. And John Cusack was just out of place in that film, but. Uh, all right. So I think we're going to start our movie of the week. Now we are going to be doing Planet of the Apes ranking. Uh, so we're going to watch every Planet of the Apes movie and then we're going to rank them from one to nine because those are the, how many Planet of the Apes movies came out. Maybe they should come out with one more. So there's 10. They might. To clarify, there are. Five of the originals, the reboot in 2001, and then the three, like, fancy new prequels. The ones that take place, like, more or less now, and you're supposed to establish them. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry for coughing, guys. I have, like, itchy throat this morning. Uh, well, this morning. This afternoon. It's, <laughs> this is kind of like my morning. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. Planet of the Apes, 1968. Directed by Franklin J. Sh- Sh- uh, Schaffner, if I'm saying that correctly. Is it Schaefer, maybe? Schaffner. Uh, uh, it's not in front of me, so I have no idea. Yeah, he did the movie Patton, which was another iconic film. Oh, fuck yeah, that movie kicks ass. And Ford Star Jubilee. So, he's one of these, like, old, old directors. Like, the, the last movie that he did was 1989, called Welcome Home. Which has Chris Cos uh goddamn I can't fucking speak tonight. Uh Chris Co- uh Chris Cof fuck it. I ain't saying it. <laughs> but But uh Yeah. Uh one thing that caught my eye was Rod Serling was a fucking screenplay writer. Yeah. Now he he like 
I might be completely off base on this. But my understanding is, is they were working on it, and then he came in and helped them do it. Pretty much, like he wasn't. It wasn't like his idea, but they were like, "Man, we're trying to do this script. It's going to be so good, but we're having some trouble." So he came in and and made it even better. Mm -hmm. I think. I have no idea what I heard. Well, I heard. Well, I heard the same thing, and I heard he also made the iconic end scene, uh, which, you know, come to think of it, had a really Twilight Zone feel to it. Oh, totally. Yeah, the the whole it was blank all along. Mm -hmm. It's a very Twilight Zone kind of twist. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um. So it starts off with them in space, obviously, because they are people that are explorers of the, of the space. And they go into uh, the, the sleep thing where, you know, they go to sleep in these pods and, you know, they're going on an exploration. And something goes wrong. Uh, they crash land on this planet into the water. One of them died because the glass breaks. Uh, the woman uh, was Stuart, I think her name was. Yeah, I mean they just say Stuart the whole movie. It's her last name. Mm-hmm. But it, it has uh, Charlton Heston, who is George Taylor, um, and then they had uh, what's the other guy's name? The two guys. I don't, know. I don't think any of the other guys were like big. Oh, Landon. And then the oh, you mean the, the, the characters' names? Yeah, my name was one. Dodge was it Dodge? Yeah, Dodge. Um, what was really funny is like out of this whole casting here, like the one that stands out to me is obviously Charlton Heston. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean he steals the show. He's great. Mm-hmm. And I love how like when he's talking to Landon because Landon, I guess, is more of the optimistic where, while. Um, Charlton Heston is like the pessimistic oh, yeah. and he's like you know you left earth because you hate people and all that jazz and stuff and he's like no I, I just wanted to explore but yes I do hate people <laughs> and like Charlton Heston's character uh reads Landon's character to like a T like he didn't even contest to it he's like he's like you read me really well but let me try to read you and he I thought that scene was pretty cool. Um, have you have you seen this movie before? Yeah, this is actually the only Planet of the Apes movie I've ever seen. And I've seen it like five times. I love this movie. It's really good. Uh, the acting's good. The script's good. Even knowing the twist at the end, it's still like interesting to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's always like frustrating to see like all oh, the councils, they're, they're, they, they, religion and science is the same thing. And you see parallels in like our history, but then at the end you realize that like the laws that were written were written more or less for a reason. Like it is true, man really is evil. Man really does kill his brother for his land. Man really does destroy the world. Mm -hmm. So it's like the whole thing. You have to think about it. I mean, it, I'm not saying you have to think about it because it's like really clever. I'm saying you have to think about it because when you're presented with it, you're like, oh yeah, oh wow, that's right, and then you kind of start to see that. The nature of man and all this stuff. It's, it's a sci-fi movie from the 60s. Of course it does that. Yeah, the, the c cinematography in this film was pretty good, too. Like, they had... Oh, a... yeah, there's several, like, really cool shots, like, where the camera's, like, upside down. I like when he's running, and he runs, like, over the camera, and it just, like, flips upside down mm -hmm. to show him going up those steps. There was some um, shots where they were going through the the wood area and stuff like they were going through leaves and branches and it got really blurry. Like that's the only thing that I uh, like caught on that was kind of bad. Maybe they just couldn't fix it or something, but uh, that was the only bad part. But uh, the rest of it, like when they were getting hunted by the apes and shit was a good scene. Uh, the shots of the forbidden zone, <laughs> yeah, which was really in interesting too. Uh, let's get this out of the way. Uh, so I was watching it, and there's a scene where uh, Dodge is planting a uh, Dodger Landon. I forgot was planted a little tiny American flag into the ground when they uh, crash landed there, 
And it cuts to Charlton Heston, and he just starts laughing. And it, what, do you want to explain that scene to people? Like, why he was laughing? I do. I mean, why? You said it was hilarious, right? You, you got it you know, on Facebook and said, when I watched the scene, I dropped my drink because I was laughing so loud or something. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, on the face of it, it's like, it's obviously a dub. And they didn't do a great job with it, but he gave them a really good vocal take and obviously wanted to go with that. And the camera pans up in like a dramatic kind of way. And the way he's laughing is really like, I mean, it's a little bit overacting. He kind of chews the scenery a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's funny for that, but there's, it's funny for a story reason too. Like you can laugh with him at the, what's going on. Yeah. It's when it, it takes that, like, that scene and like it just heightens it to like a 20 <laughs> because it's like oh that's funny but then you hear the dubbed like ha, 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 ha. and i'm like why are you laughing that hard dude <laughs> if, i felt like they got charlton heston like out of a restaurant be like hey we need to do this dub real quick can you like laugh in a microphone and he he did that and that's what we got and it just it was hilarious because it did like a a rack zoom on Charlton Heston's face and just started laughing. So that was a funny scene. But he's laughing at um, the scientist is planting a small American flag, and it's and he's oh excuse me he's laughing because it's absurd. Like what he's doing, it's excuse me again. It's two thousand years in the future. They're on another planet. Using air quotes. There's no United States. There's absolutely no reason for him to be doing what he's doing. It's it, it's absurd. He's laughing at the absurd. Mm-hmm. And I and I got that. And um, I guess you kind of tell that Charlton Heston's character doesn't really care about nationalism in a way. Like he knows that he's far away from Earth. He has no reason to. Like, I mean, it's true. His character is a pessimist, and more than once he's a nihilist, and he's a misanthrope. But he's not... I don't know, they still manage to play it like he's not a bad person. Like, he, he, he wouldn't... He's still working with these other guys. He's a bit of a dick, but he's not, like, combative or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Not really. But, uh... Yeah, he's, he's certainly... I think a misanthrope would probably be the best way to put it. Because, like the guy says, you hate people, and he's like, oh, yeah, I do, I guess, but that's not why. He, and, and then what, later in the movie, he elaborates on it. There was lots of, of love making going on, but, but not enough love. Like, he was disillusioned with, um, like, interpersonal relationships and relation, uh, just like the relationship between man and woman and stuff like that. He, he was distressed with the way that that was, so he figured he'd go out into the stars, because why not? There's nothing on Earth for him. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, when, when we get to the end part, uh, the payoff, uh, I'm guessing, did they launch in 1970? Was that their launch? Uh I can't remember. I didn't catch it on this most recent viewing, but it's something like that. It's it's not that long after the movie's supposed to take place, which you know, obviously doesn't think of a real world technology. But yeah. yeah, so this was like pretty much in the heightened uh, uh, Cold War era, still a little bit with Russia and the nukes and all that stuff. So, like them exploring space and and all that stuff, like. You could tell Charlton Heston character was like sick and tired of uh, humans being dicks and you know war and all that stuff. So like that's the reason. That's probably one of the reasons why he hates uh, Earth because all the destruction that we do, uh, pollution wise and war wise, I guess. Um, what do you think of the apes in this movie? <laughs> I think they still look good. I've heard a lot of people make arguments that like the prosthetics have aged poorly and stuff like that. And a few of them, the mounts don't move quite right. I still think they look good. I, I don't know why. Maybe it, maybe it's a little bit of a rose tinted glasses kind of thing going on. But most of the faces, specifically on like the the leading characters like uh, Cornelius and uh, Zira, Doctor Zaya, stuff like that, they all still look really good. I think. 
I think they look exactly like filmmakers intended them to look and more or less operate that way. And you can tell that the actors aren't like restricted. They still have their full range of movement and they still use it in the movie to act. Mm -hmm. So I think they look good, but there's a lot of people who disagree. I mean, yeah, it's outdated a little bit, but for that, for that time, I thought it looked great. Like, it could have been a lot worse. Like, it could have been like a B mood, B movie rated sci fi film where it's just like garbage. But oh, totally. I wonder what this movie's budget was. I've never wondered. Uh, it was five million, and then it made um, huh. yeah, it made thirty three uh, in box office, pretty much. So huge success. Mm hmm. Probably because of Charlton Heston and hopefully Rod Sterling. People liked it or something. I think at the time the director was like a name that people knew this Mm hmm. Oh, he directed The Voice from Brazil as well. Yep. Um, I, uh, stuff with the apes uh, when Zira and Cornor uh, Cornelius kissing. That was weird. <laughs> like, you could see the, the, the mask. Yeah, like ben. they only do it the once, and I think it's obvious once. Well, that doesn't mean... They, they had to establish all these two are together, and they did a good job. Because, you know, uh, uh, if it wasn't for that, honestly, I you could be forgiven for thinking that they were sister. Just because mm. they're always together, and they look samey. They both wear green, very same outfits. They're both, like, the same subspecies of eight person. Because they're, like, they look kind of like chimps, and they always look like either so you could be forgiven for being like, oh, they must have broken sisters. Because I don't think they give a last name. Mm. But they they do that as soon as you see him. So they're, you're like, oh, they're coming. Oh, I <laughs> Can I point out, too, that in the hunting scene, um, Dodge gets shot in the throat and dies. But Charlton Heston gets shot in the throat and lives. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's like a grazing thing. Because when they shoot him, it's like square in the back, like where his spine's at. Mm -hmm. And it and the, the wound looks really bad as far as effects go. It just looked like someone put some red, some red feet. Yeah. And then uh, Landon got caught. And then later, out, later on, you find out that they operated on his brain. They lobotomized him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> And th that's another scene where uh, <laughs> I laughed a little bit because he's like, you did this to him, you stupid baboon. Oh, they cut him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess by saying that they cut his memory, that he lost his identity and he can't speak. Um, yeah, so that, that was the thing, and... They were going to do that to Charlton Heston character, but obviously Cornelius and Zira uh, saw something different about this man because he can speak. Apparently, the other humans can't speak. Uh, do you think they choose not to? Or uh, He says that they're mute. Like, if you're mute, you lack the ability to even do it. So it's possible that it's like, I mean, we haven't seen the other movies yet. Maybe something else gets revealed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it, it might just be the actual genetic mutation is that they have lost vocal cords or the ability to make any kind of meaningful sounds. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it would have been uh, a little better than just saying they're all mute. Uh, while I they're... kind of like this better because otherwise you have to have a bunch of, like, you know, the human actors who are playing the wild man, but they're all going to make, like, what is essentially ape sounds, you know, just like grunts and oohs and ah, and I kind of like this better. Well, not even that. I would just because they're doing like experiments on uh, uh, humans that they somehow found a way to rip the vocal cords and do that, just so that they could shut up. But uh, yeah, they, they see them in the wild too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that that's where I, I would be like, eh. I kind of like the mute thing too, but it would be interesting if the the apes were just like, "Oh, let's do experiment on on humans and see, you know, what's wrong with them." I love how they how apes are like on Earth, like humans are superior to, to compared to like animals. Uh, on this version of a planet, 
apes are superior uh, beings and man and woman are discussing their animals and stuff. So it was interesting seeing that view. And um, did Charlton Heston characters say like that it's the other way around on our planet? <laughs> Yeah, something along those lines he did, yeah. Yeah. And uh, eventually when Zira started talking to uh, what she called him Bright Eyes before he he says, my name is Taylor, because uh, they shot him in the throat, he, he had to heal up his throat so he could speak and stuff. But while that was happening, he wrote notes and stuff. And... You know, he was writing, I'm from this planet, uh, I'm an, a space explorer, I came from a spaceship, and I just love the doubt that uh, Cornelius had. He's like, man can't write. This is this is outrageous. Where'd you learn how to write this? <laughs> and it's, that, it's a stunt or a trick, people keep saying. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I learned how to write at this public school. And I was like, that's great. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure these apes don't know what public schooling is. And, um, yeah, they didn't really show the town too much. Like, they showed the scene where Charlton Heston character is, like, running through a town itself. Yeah, I got the impression it was a small set, because I feel like they've used the same several pieces of the set several times. Mm-hmm. They, they established the look of it. I like that... Um... Both the, like the cages and the houses and buildings have a similar kind of a dome situation. There's like established um, architecture, and they stick with it throughout the film. So, uh, there, there's a lot of clever design work because like all the clothing like kind of matches, but also functional in a realistic way without being too sci-fi. They don't just wear like, jumpsuits or something stupid. They actually wear stuff that looks like tunics and it's adorable. I guess it would be. Um, oh, I'm I'm in charge. I'm a religious guy, or I'm not. I'm someone. They're color coded to a lesser extent. A very Stone Age, the town. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything looks like it's like an adobe hut or something, mm-hmm. which wouldn't be Stone Age. But yeah. <laughs> um, the hierarchy in that uh, ape town, I guess. I. The soldiers are, are they considered gorillas? Gorillas in any way? Those soldiers. That's what I thought. They look like gorillas, right? Like they were like the bigger gorilla kind of guy. Soldiers, I think, too. And then the religious and political leaders all seem to be orangutans. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Zira and everyone else. They, they look like chimpanzees to me. I, I'm pretty sure that's what you're supposed to. Yeah. What uh, I like. <laughs> There was a couple scenes, like, uh, in the jail scene where uh, the soldier was, like, smoking a cigar. I thought that was funny. I love that. That, that is excellent. <laughs> when he starts smoking that cigar, I always laugh. It's There's something about a monkey smoking a cigar. And I guess that kind they kind of throw little tidbits in there about what's going to be the payoff at the end. Like, when he has that cigar, be like... Well, why does this planet have a cigar? Did they have their own version of a cigar? Like, where is that coming I mean, from? I think lots of different cultures developed smoking plants on their own in in different ways. So I, that's cool. Mm-hmm. The, the, like the hugest plot hole in this movie, the only, you have to ignore it in order to have fun watching it. Why do they speak the same language? No one ever brings it up. You just ignore it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one thing that I can point at. Like, that doesn't make any sense, but. I mean, at some point you have to say, well, you want to watch this movie. And there's, there's the only other thing that bugged me a little bit, actually, which we're, we're on this now, is the technology is inconsistent. It's like they have cameras, but they don't have paved roads. They have <laughs> uh, firearms, but they don't have glass windows. You know, stuff like that. I like how the, the firearms are all generic. Like, like they look like shot uh shotguns that are rifles they all have like a weird casing on them they look like a solid piece i kind of like it like i kind of want one mm-hmm. i want a prop or better yet i want a like fucking rifle that i can actually go shoot <laughs> i bet you someone's made that probably there's probably like a a replica that actually shoots bullets and stuff or maybe an airsoft gun um 
What I'll say about, like, what really bothered me a lot was that some of the apes, like, you had Zira and Cornelius that were trying to be like, hey, something seems off here. Uh, we're not allowed to be in the Forbidden Zone, and I was digging in this area, and I found some uh, evidence that, uh, you know, man was here before, you know, this version of the apes and stuff. Like, we... we, we, we evolved from them and um like that started catching my eye a little bit so i'm like why aren't they not going the forbidden zone and the what was the other bad uh, ape that just kept on saying no 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 dr zayas yeah zayas um he he kept on hiding shit and like the other apes were just like oh this is you know the religion or what we follow uh like they had their own, they called it scrolls, but they were like, it felt like a Bible. Did it feel like a Bible to you? Yeah, I mean, they, they refer to it as religion. So mm. it's more or less a Bible. He did quotes of it, uh, and they did put the man in the garden and they made sport or something like that. And it's the way he says it, it's flowery, like someone who's, who's quoting scripture or something like that. So that's obviously the analog here. So that's their religious text, just like the Bible, the Torah, the. Uh, mm hmm. And you could tell, like, Rod Serling was, like, writing this because stuff like religion and the Cold War with nuclear uh, warfare and all that stuff, like, you could tell his touch. And when I was hearing his religion thing, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Where is it going with this? Uh, Had you seen this movie before? No. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, like, I, I, well... That's a lie. I did see bits and pieces, but I thought it was boring when I watched it first. This is this is when uh, I was all about like action. You know, this ain't Terminator. Like, <laughs> so uh, like, but now I watch it. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like, why didn't I watch it back then? But uh, I'm trying to think what else because the movie was almost like two hours, but it didn't feel like two hours at all. It really doesn't. It feels shorter than me. Because you have the crash land, and then you have getting captured, and then you have the whole part where it's a hearing. Oh yeah, there there was a hearing that was, uh, I guess, bait to try to get Cornelius and Zira, rather than because they just. Uh, I remember Zayas was like, "Oh yeah, you know, you you were dead in the water already. We just wanted to capture uh, Zira and Cornelius." For being traitors of uh against you know them pretty much uh they didn't allow charlton hessen uh, character to speak in the hearing because he's an animal um so pretty much what did they charge zira and cornelius with hierarchy or something like that heresy heresy, heresy. yeah so like, later, uh, later he says, "Oh, only an apostate would come here." And I have to admit, I looked up apostate, but it's someone who like uh, disregards or casts off, like in a religious idea or something. Mm -hmm. you, you were a devout Christian, and then you decided that there is a religion apostate. So, but yeah, heresy I understood, but he said apostate, and like context clues told me it was more or less that. But I googled it real quick. I'm embarrassed to admit. <laughs> I, I guess another word for it would be treason, <laughs> if 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 you want to. Well, treason could be against political um, principle, but heresy is specifically religious. Okay. Yeah. So, um, there was a female character that is kind of just like, oh, I'm mute and I'm good looking, and I'm just there, and I'm. Yeah, Nova, and she's she's like there. Oh, we're gonna make babies in the future, kind of <laughs> kind of girl. And I think that's what Charlton Heston was uh, thinking too. It's like we're gonna we're gonna populate this world with with humans. Well, that's what Zero wanted. Is she wanted that pair to mate, basically. Mm-hmm. And and the prison felt like a zoo uh, because they treated humans like animals. Yeah, they, they keep, like, hitting the with the holes to get away. Mm-hmm. I always love how, like, the, the, the guerrilla soldiers were just, like, stupid as hell, and, like, Charlton Heston was just, like, beating the shit out of them. Yeah, 
<laughs> Especially the, the part where he's running through the town and they just keep on throwing the net. <laughs> and Charlton Heston just like shimmies to the left and just misses. <laughs> yeah, nets are, uh, nets are pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. And then that's uh, when he gets captured and everything. But uh, the hearing really quickly, because Charlton Heston's character was going to die anyway, or they were going to experiment on, experiment on him, uh, he was just bait to get the other two. Um, he was also trying to do evidence to, like, oh, I'm here with other people. And that's when they did the landing scene. He's like, you cut him, you stupid baboon. Uh and then, after the hearing, uh, the nephew rescue, rescues him. <laughs> he just goes up to the stupid gorilla guy and says, Oh, I need to transport this person to the zoo. Uh, because, aka animals and stuff. Um, and then they trick the, the gorilla because the soldiers are stupid. And they pretty much escape and they go to the Forbidden Zone. Uh, where... Again, super obvious, by the way, when they're all escaping from that little town. Like, of course, they're going to go to the Forbidden Zone because they talked about it in the hearing. Yeah. And that's what Zion... It's, it's a big place, but it... Well, they say the reason they want to go there... I mean, they've been accused of, of whatever, heresy against their science slash religion. And the only chance that they stand is to prove their theory. So that's why he goes there. So all there, there was proof. I'd almost found it. Like, so he was going to get proof, come back and see, see, I was right, clear the charges against me. Mm -hmm. But the whole time, every time they were saying we have evidence, we have evidence. And I'm like, this is a religion, though. They're not going to, even if there is evidence in front of the face and they're so deep in their faith, they're, they're just not going to listen. And yeah, but they don't, they don't see that the way you do like you live in what compared to that would be considered a mm. society but like they're living in like i mean if you think about it, like like a lot of the best artists in like the renaissance that were doing it specifically um to complement religion like religion was their whole life and it, 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 it took centuries the the way that man thinks to separate um god from the way the world is with science. I'm trying to say science and science. Yeah, but if I, for example, if I said, like, I have evidence that this life, this universe is a simulation, and I show you, like, let's say a portion of the universe where it's like a lobby of the simulation, would you believe that right away for living in this world that we know of, being like, oh, we're in a simulation? You would have right away. You'd have to like support it with evidence and and, and uh, uh, experiments and stuff like that. I mean, I know that that's the pop. I, I was just reading about Elon Musk talking today, actually, about simulation. But you, you know, that's that's the reason science is the way it is. Is like everything that science has established. It's that's what we believe right now. We accept it as fact because no one has proved that it is not fact. And all the time, people are. Proving, you see, um, we went to space and saw this, uh, gravity, physics, math, whatever, and then they disprove old theories. It happens all the time. Like, the way our thinking is now will almost certainly be overturned at some point. We learned about dark matter and black holes in the last decade and human existence. So, if you look at what we thought about black holes, for instance, in sci fi in the 60s, that's completely wrong, but it's still now it's a sci-fi trope. So, mm -hmm. so there's still like that general consciousness, but that's not at all what black hole because science is advanced. But the way that they think in this movie is that uh, religion—I mean, they don't have a god. It seems they had the lawgiver. It was like someone who written down all the stuff to start. So it seems like mm -hmm. it, it, it's hard to say. Like they don't have someone that oh God created. They didn't have that. They had there was Earth, and then the lawgiver made all of these rules, and he's he's awesome, and we follow him to a team. And it turns out later, as you see with Doctor Zayas, like he kind of knew about man and about the Forbidden Zone, 
and mm. he was following it to a T because he knew it it was what was best for it kind. So yeah. Dr. Zayas is the bad guy, but is it, he's the bad guy for what he thinks are righteous reasons, which is the best way to write a bad guy in fiction. They have to believe that they're doing a you can't just have, oh, I burned down orphanages because it's hilarious. I'm a serial Haha, I need him. That's stupid. The, yeah, bad guy like Dr. Sace is perfect because at the end, you realize that everything he did was 100% justified, and you could really make an argument that Dr. Sace is evil because man is evil and did destroy the planet. Yeah, and like you see the reason why uh, he follows that religion. But I, what I was trying to say is, like, Cornelius and Zero were trying to, like, change his mind. And obviously they didn't know, but Zayas knows a little bit more than they do. Because of what, you know, we're going to find out soon. Uh, can I really say that when they were presenting the evidence in that cave, I was like, this ain't really smoking gun in any way. Uh, but I, I, smoking gun to, like somebody that is really, really religious, be like, well, you made this. You put this well, here. It's, it is kind of weak, uh, that part, because it's a, it's a scientist talking to a scientist here. But um, what he's talking about is stratigraphy. It's like a, a, a general principle in geography and archaeology and paleontology mm -hmm. that um, you know, whatever you find at a lower level is going to be older than what's above it, unless, of course, it's like disturbed or something like that. It's just a real general rule. And that, that's what he's going off. So the lower society is advanced. I found this advanced technology with these human bones as opposed to the dead bones. So man used to be more advanced than they are now, which means they should be able to speak and reason and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then this is where it starts to get a little interesting. While they're in the cave, like, he f found, like, false teeth. Uh, well, Charlton Heston was pointing it out. He's like, oh, this is false teeth. This is glasses. And uh, was he holding somewhat of a pacemaker? Like It was a heart valve. Yeah, I used to think it was a pacemaker, too. But it's like, you can get, like, a, a fake valve. Mm -hmm. A pacemaker is that thing that I think if your heartbeat is off, it gives it, like, a short jolt or something i i, I, might be I don't know but like this is where i started saying and i was like oh i see where this is going kind of and then pretty much uh after they get out of the cave like they start doing like a shootout thing and um they've had charlton heston's character pinned down this scene really like, he tried to say, hey, uh, Cornelius Zira, help. And then Zayas came out. <laughs> I guess he thought, like, maybe Charlton's Heston character was in trouble. He was like, oh, it's it's clear I can come out now. Yeah. I just thought that was a little weird. Um, he wants to see what's going on. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, what's happening here? And then... Um, they capture him. Uh, he tells his men to back off like a thousand times again. And uh, he ties him up to the log. And I thought that was a funny scene too because Zero and Cornelius is like, why are you doing this? You're treating him like an animal. And I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> Just like you do to humans. <laughs> and um, that's where he he's like, take out the scrolls. And he's like, look at this portion of it he's like i knew about you men you men are evil kind of had like the little bit like white white man is the devil kind of feel to it did you did you get that vibe uh i don't know uh th i mean there's obviously like a species and species thing but i wasn't getting too much of it. are you talking about the stuff that uh what's the kid's name is Lucius or Julius, one of those. No, no. When 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 he when Z, uh, Zayas was like t telling that, you know, I know a person like you, and he was pointing at Charlton Heston, like your kind is like pretty much the devil. And I had like, you know, like Native Americans, like 
when they think of white man as the devil. Like that's how I got the feeling from that. I don't. Yeah, know. You're 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 getting your mind washed by by current culture. He's just talking about mankind. All all all, all the Indian nations. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not trying to tie anything into like you know what white people are, are bad or anything. I'm just saying. In history, Native Americans back then thought that the white men were devil. And I'm just saying that maybe that's what the apes were thinking about men, that they were just evil and, you know, destructive. Like, one day you're going to have this one man that is just going to ruin shit. I mean, again, they were right to think that. Because yeah. man did literally destroy it. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess we'll lead to the the revealing end uh when you saw the torch uh, uh the first time i'm saying the first time you saw this movie when you saw the torch did you so, say like oh that's a statue of liberty i mean i already knew this movie was blown i saw it. i don't know what it was for i'm sure it was like the simpsons or mm -hmm. the critic or something i'm pretty sure they all make that same joke it's it's one of the most ubiquitous references in all of culture and all of lampooning culture but it had been ruined but still it, it it still was poignant enough that it it ties up the story about it. oh Zeus was right holy shit you know that kind of thing mm -hmm. but yeah it had been spoiled I, as soon as you I saw because like I knew how the movie ended and part of me was like anxious to get there wanted to see that comic scene oh yeah hell. so the hell <laughs> yeah, yeah, that iconic scene. But to, but to kind of paint the picture a little bit, they were riding along the uh, shore on horse on a horse. Uh, both Charlton has or Taylor and uh, Nova, and they see the Statue of Liberty, and then Charlton Hessing he gets off, and he's like, "Damn you! You destroyed it, everything." Um, I want to ask you something, because in kind of going back and forth here, in, in 2001, I saw that Planet of the Apes, <laughs> the, the remake, pretty much. They kind of show that him leaving the Earth and then coming back, and then there was uh, apes in Washington. Uh, in the 1968 one, are they pretty much saying that they went into space they went a far into the future and then crash land back on the same earth yeah. uh, okay that that that's what i thought like pretty much they were explaining that uh humans killed each other in nuclear warfare and out from the rubble came these apes these uh th this version of ape civilization that are well, right. at the beginning, he's explaining like it's an experiment to prove a theory, a theory which is actually taught now because I remember learning this in high school physics. Mm. But um, it's about uh, the, I guess the best way to talk about it is the twin paradox. You ever heard of the twin? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's what's that? No, 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 you you can explain it better than me, probably. Um, it, like the faster you go, the, the, the closest to the speed of light that you can get, time moves differently. Um, the twin paradox is uh, two twins are born on Earth, one stays on Earth, one gets on a rocket ship, it goes the speed of light to uh, whatever, uh, Cirrus. It goes to the Cirrus star and then back. And when it gets back, the two twins are going to be completely different ages. And it's really hard to wrap your mind around. And I think I still lay awake at night sometimes thinking about the paradox. But that's what they're doing, is they're in a rocket ship that's going almost the speed of light. And they go to sleep for what feels like, to them, I think he said 70 years. Like, they are put into that, that those little pods. I don't know how else to put it. Like a cryogenic mm -hmm. sleep, but it's not cryogenic because there's no ice involved or whatever. But it feels like 70 years to them, and then as the ship is sinking water, he glances at the clock, year 39-something. So 2,000 years have passed, even though to them it was 70, and it's because they were traveling at the speed of light. It's proving the scientist's theory 
And from what I understand, that's still our thinking. Like, mm-hmm. uh, time moves differently the faster you travel. So, man, it takes a smarter person than me to put it more. Like, I've kind of wrapped my head around it, not to the point where I could be a physics teacher. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, you did explain it really well. And, um, I time is really funny because time is so different in space rather than here on Earth. Like I think every planet has their own version of time and how it travels and stuff. Uh, I think what really does uh, really well in Interstellar is when he the planet that's really next to the the black hole and you know Matthew McConaughey's uh, and them go down that planet like what was, what was it one hour was like seven years or something like that yeah it's the same I think they're they're playing off the same scientific mm-hmm. and then obviously like you said the rocket ship theory like people going into space and then somebody on earth they're going to have two different times and stuff yeah it, uh, listeners if you never have uh, google the twin paradox and read like the wiki entry for it like the first few paragraphs will explain it better than i did and it's really interesting Mm -hmm. and they kind of show like remember when in the beginning of the movie uh charlton heston was about to leave the ship and he kind of looks at the 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 dates and stuff and it's like 3025 or something like that so like that was another hint that they were in the future on on Earth, but like Charlton, I guess Charlton Heston was like, "Oh, I guess it's all bugged out because we crashed." Uh, so that that, that was cool. Uh, I thought the ending was really really put well, and it had that Rod Serling uh, feel to it. Totally. I mean, it even has um, like the camera kind of pulls back in that one shot to to reveal the Statue of Liberty, and also. Him and Nova and the horse on the beach, and it feels like cinematography from certain episodes of Twilight Zone because it would, it you know, the expands to reveal surprise kind of thing. I like that. Mm-hmm. It was just so good, and I, ah, man, I wish I was, you know, alive in the '60s to see people's reactions in the theater. Yeah, I always talk about the movie that I would most like to see unspoiled the time. Mm-hmm. This, this one will be way up there. Mhm. Cuz you got to you got to believe that people are just like, "Oh shit. <laughs> this happened or oh golly." <laughs> because that's how everybody talked in the 60s. I'm kidding. Um Is there anything else we should talk about this film? Uh Honestly, we've talked about it longer than we usually do. It's clear it's a great movie and that's what I love about this all is it you can't help but think about this kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I recommend it. I, I'm guessing you also obviously recommend it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, uh, we're going to do something a little different. Um, there's going to be a ranking system, uh, one through nine, since there's nine movies, uh, Andy, you said you were going to rank it at number one because that's the only movie you saw so far? Yeah, it's the only Planet of the Apes I've ever seen. Like, I've seen this one like six times now. Mm-hmm. But going forward, each time we do this, oh, a new surprise. Yep. It's going to change every time. And I fucking hate Google Docs when it does that shit. Just, I don't. The automatic formatting. I think you can turn that. Yeah. So you have it at number one. I'm going to keep it at number one, too, because. I did see the 2001 uh, Planet of the Apes, but I don't think it could top this one so far. From what I understand, that movie's a stinker. Like, part of me dreads getting that far, but also part of me. It, because I, apparently it's an awful movie. Yes. Uh, you know what? Like, it is not a great movie, but I believe it sets up other movies. I think it sets up the prequels, if I'm correct. Oh, really? Yeah, like it ties in with the other ones somehow. Like I Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, we will find out more in six four episodes. Yep. So stay tuned on that. Um There's only one news that I want to talk about. So Toy Story Four decided to like throw out a trailer out of nowhere. I mean, how else do you throw out trailers? 
yeah, but sometimes you have a teaser to a trailer these days. It's like, oh, here's a. They did. They had one. It was like uh, when he walks over a hill with someone. Like, oh, this place looks great. Where's Buzz? And Buzz is like attached to a wall for prizes at a carnival. And there's like uh, two jerk offs mastering oh. it. Where the fuck was I? <laughs> I don't know. It, it was that was some time ago. But it, it was Um. The tone I got from the trailer is that it's going to be fucking super sad. <laughs> yeah, they, they made everyone cry with Toy Story 3 in the top end. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'll say, Andy looks different in this one compared to the one in the 90s. Uh, oh, is he in it? I didn't catch him. Uh, they show, like, a flashback because, you know... Oh, oh a flashback, yeah. But... He gave... Spoiler alert for Toy, Toy Story 3. At the end of... Toy Story 3, Andy goes to college and gives all his toys to her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, kind of the premise here is that the new kid, uh, made their own toy, which was a spoon with googly eyes and a, a yarn for, like, arms and shit. Ricky Victor gets a spork. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would, the, would they name it Spoonie or something? Fork? Forky Victor. For, forky Spoonie. Whatever. Uh, and just like in Toy Story, they they come to life, and that 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 spork comes to life, <laughs> and um, which which establishes several questions I have about the Toy Story universe. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. But pretty much, like I guess the spork has doubt, doesn't want to be a toy, and runs away. So Woody and the toy gang are chasing after this spork because, you know, she made you. you you're a toy. She wants to be friends with you. You got to come back to your kid and stuff. And, like, I just, I've, and the whole, like, the whole, throughout the trailer, like, there's a lot of undertone of, like, oh, man, this is sad in a way. But that's every Toy Story these days now. Like you know, there's gonna be a tearjerker scene You're somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I'm definitely gonna go see it. I mean, it's okay. toy. It's Toy Story. Yeah. And in other news, uh, next month the uh, End Game is coming out. Fucking a. Yay! I will say this. I think Endgame uh, might be my final superhero film to watch, unless something amazing comes out. And it's the next one I'm excited about. I still haven't seen Captain Marvel. I heard it was pretty good. It's the kind of thing if a friend is going to go see it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take it. But mm-hmm. after Endgame, eh, there's nothing, there's nothing on the horizon I'm too excited about. Maybe uh, Guardians 3, way down the road, which, um, what's his face, is back, back on board directing. Yep, James Gunn. Yeah, done. That's it. But uh, maybe that, but that's way down the road. There's going to be another Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah, that's another one. My bad. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man I do want to see because one of my favorite villains, uh, Mysterio. So Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Mysterio. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, we're going to go see Spider-Man. What are you doing? Mysterio. I need to watch uh I almost said Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange. It's good. I don't know. We, everybody knows our feelings about superhero movies already. <laughs> yeah, I'm just worn out on them. Like, there's not even a bad one. Like if you asked me to point at a Marvel movie and critique it. The worst I could do is uh, it's samey and it's like the other Marvel movies, but the Marvel movies make millions of dollars, so you know. I don't. I don't like the first Captain America movie. I thought it was boring, but you know that's my opinion. A lot of people I know that actually like it. (laughs) Um, yeah. Other than that, guys, I think this is where we'll end the episode. We did like an hour. Yay! Planet of the Apes Hour. Planet of the Apes Hour. When we like a movie, we go deep. Hour of the Apes. Yes. 
to catch all our podcasts, we're on Podbean. We're uh, novnetwork.podbean.com. We're also on iTunes. So if you look at uh, Nerd Review Network on iTunes, we're there. Uh, we're also posted on nerdreview.com. Nerdreview.com is where we post anything nerdy. So if there's a video game news, uh, wrestling, comic book stuff, we post shit there. Uh, Andy, any projects you're working on? Um, video game projects, mostly. mostly. Um, movie stuff, not really. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. I, just, I mean, as far as projects go, I guess I've been my house and taken up literally. Yeah. My project is I need to watch more shit. So do it. That's my thing. And also I am working on something that I will announce in the near future. I won't that's all I'm gonna say. So keep an eye out or keep an ear out since we're an audio audio podcast. <laughs> uh make sure to, you know, comment on Podbean. I know we have hundred and fifty uh, followers on there. Then you can keep an eye out too. Keep an eye out on Podbean, on Twitter, on you. Mm-hmm. We don't Follow, have... like, subscribe. Yeah. So I'm not going to go through that whole shit again. Make, make sure you smash the like button. I don't know. Smash that like button. Oh. <laughs> on that note, everybody, I hope you have a good day and see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>